And we've got uh, this week in quotes. Joining us as always uh, from Korea Chungang Daily Business and Sports Editor Jim Bully. Hello to you. Good morning. Uh, hello. Uh, we are going to, I believe, uh, kind of combine the uh, first and second quotes today in light of the, uh, the major events that took place from North Korea, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the first and second topics are both sort of um, reactions to that. The first one comes from President Moon Jae-in. He says, it's regrettable that the public seems to have been shocked by the explosion of the liaison office. I'm concerned that the Korean people were disappointed by the statement issued by Kim Yo-jong. This is Moon um, speaking at a luncheon that he hosted on Wednesday with former top North Korea policymakers in the Kim Dae-jong and No Mu-hyun administration. And so what he is trying to express is that, because I think a lot of people have been upset at the personal insults and attacks that have been levied directly at him. Yeah. And, 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 and I think uh, he's responding that, well, you know, uh, there, there certainly has been a, a lot of uh, insults or criticisms headed my way, but I'm really more uh, worried that uh, this is really something that is uh, upsetting to the Korean people at large and obviously uh, the issue of security and, and safety uh, for Koreans right now in this heightened time of tension. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, despite him saying that, most of the news has been criticisms leveled not necessarily at him directly, but certainly at his administration. Um, A lot of the uh, participants at that meeting um, were concerned, especially about the possibility of an accidental military clash, including President Moon, to be fair. This is kind of their their big concern moving forward, is that if North Korea does start remilitarizing, mm-hmm. we're going to use it, okay. remilitarizing um, areas of the DMZ, uh, then there's just a much greater chance of, of the sort of accidental clashes that we used to see when misunderstandings happen on the borders. And then obviously anything like that, especially in the current climate when it's not really clear what's going on with North Korea. Anything like that can become a flashpoint for a much larger issue. Yeah, and so it's, uh, you brought up the interesting point. Yeah, there might be criticisms as to the overall policy direction of uh, North Korean policy in terms of whether you should be more pro-engagement or maybe a bit more hawkish in your stance. But that being said, if you are setting a policy, the criticism has been uh, directed also at the fact that uh, why has there not been much progress made? If you're following this agenda, then why not see it through? And that leads us to our second um, uh, quote here, which is by a, a former prominent uh, official, a unification minister who's been making a a lot of uh, media appearances recently, uh, essentially uh, basically saying that uh, the president has not had enough support in all of this. Yeah, so this is former Unification Minister Jiang Shei-hyun, who served as Unification Minister in both the Kim Dae-jung and No Mu-hyun administrations, and does now serve as the Executive Vice Chair of the National Unification Advisory Council. He was at that luncheon. He was one of the former officials there. Um, and afterwards, he was interviewed on JTBC, where he said, the president is a thinker and a doer, but his staff only think... This doesn't help to improve inter-Korean relations. The implication there being that the, the president is a thinker and a doer, but among his staff, there's a lot of thinking going on, a lot of planning, but not enough action happening. So it's not necessarily only a Korean approach, but uh, in, in the uh, system that we have here with a, a powerful uh, presidency, uh, the idea is this top-down where uh, the, the president sets a vision. Uh, they might have an overarching policy goal and and says, I'd like this and this and this to happen. And it is up to his staff, his aides, his various officials to execute that plan. Uh, the criticism uh, basically being is that his entire security, national security team, whether it's the uh, foreign minister, defense minister, the national security advisor, his, his spy chief, all of these people uh, have not been doing their part. They've been all just uh, kind of uh, commiserating and debating all the issues as well, but not really doing much in terms of implementation 
implementation and execution. Yeah, and and quite rarely in Korean politics, um, this this criticism of um, the senior figures in the administration outside of the president is kind of happening on both sides of the aisle. We're seeing criticism both from the opposition party, but also from Moon's own Democratic Party. Um, And it is worth mentioning that Unification Minister Kim Yeon-chul did tender his resignation um, on Wednesday, but Moon hasn't accepted it. as far as I know so far. Right, yeah. yeah. There, there's expectation that they will indeed, but uh, I guess they're still wondering on who uh, they would uh, choose as a replacement, probably someone more from the political side rather than the uh, academic side, which Kim Yeon-chul was uh, in terms of maybe that uh, more call to action uh, rather than uh, kind of uh, lofting all these uh, uh, theories about. So uh, we'll have to see on that. Uh, let's turn to our second one. This is also very interesting. Uh, from the U.S. Uh, political realm, a new book coming out uh, with a lot of quotes here that have certainly raised some eyebrows. Yeah, so this is John Bolton's book, In the Room Where It Happened. I'm going to give you two quotes. The first one, stunningly, he turned the conversation to the coming U.S. presidential election, alluding to China's economic capability to affect the ongoing campaigns, pleading with Xi to ensure he'd win. And the second one is, I am hard-pressed to identify any significant Trump decision during my White House tenure that wasn't driven by re-election calculations. So in this... uh In this book, so the big story in U.S. media, it would be a little bit different from our angle. But these these two quotes in particular are are, is Bolton saying that Trump was asking the Chinese premier essentially to help him win an election. China, who are perhaps, you know, the the biggest opposition to to the U.S., certainly in the view of a lot of U.S. citizens, um, asking that foreign superpower to help ensure that he wins an election. Yeah, and so you talk about the the, the re-election kind of campaign and asking China for help, and obviously uh, we already discussed this stuff regarding uh, North Korea and the Pompeo kind of being derisive, uh, although he is publicly a, a very much a subservient official to, to Trump. I, my, my only point on this is that, because uh, you're a writer and editor, if you're trying to sell a lot of books and you really want to kind of maximize your royalties, I mean, I think Bolton has really done the textbook job, right? Refusing to um, testify to the impeachment hearings, kind of building up that suspense, uh, dripping out these excerpts, and then obviously raising the ire of Trump and trying to initiate this legal action to try to stop the publication. A lot of people are going to want to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it certainly hasn't won him any friends in Washington or anywhere, really, because not only are the Republicans sort of... um, circling the wagons and saying that, you know, it's all lies, it's not true, Bolton's a horrible person, everyone hates him. But then also the Democrats are saying he cares more about selling books than actually testifying in front of Congress. Yep, and uh, it looks like he will uh, indeed uh, sell a lot of books there. All right, Jim, we're going to leave it there. Thank you, as always. Hope you have a good weekend. Thank you.